Hi, this is Renee Christensen with Training Them Wisely Discipling Kids, and I have my friend Taylor here today, and I am very excited to have her here. Taylor is a mom of sweet children, and just tell us a little bit about your family, Taylor. Yeah, so um, I've been married to my husband, Zach, for let's see, five years. Um, I have four kids aging from 10 to one. Um, yeah. So, so how many boys, how many girls? I have three girls. I have three girls and one boy, three girls and one boy. Yeah. So how did you and Zach meet? Um, I actually worked at a restaurant called Carolina's Diner. Um, and I was rolling silverware and he came in to eat breakfast and, um, after that, he I think he found me online, and he reached out, um, and then he came in every day after that, and we've been together every single day after that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So you already had... So I'd already had one. So one I had Cadence um, with the previous. Um, we were actually married, um, and we were separated at the time that me and Zach met, so... All right, yeah. so you've had, so were you a single mom at that point? Yes. Yeah, so at you've been point, a single mom. Yes, yeah. And a, I had a one-bedroom apartment for me and Cadence that I'd paid for. I had no car, um, and we were just, we were surviving at that stage of life. So. Yeah, yeah. So that is an interesting story that's yeah. different than what some people have, and yeah, I think sure. that you can have so much wisdom that you can give to yeah. people that have been through situations like that yeah. and how you, you so tell us, tell me about your after. story, about how you grew up, yeah. how you came to know Jesus, just mm-hmm. kind of walk us through. Yep. So as a young kid, we had, I had lots of siblings. Um, I have three sisters and a brother, um, and then a lot of cousins that also stayed with us. So our house was always busy and full. Um, my parents, um, my dad would hunt a lot, so he was gone a lot. Um, he did, he was an alcoholic, so there was a lot of that going on. Um, and so they got a divorce whenever I was young. I don't even remember it. Um, and so I was kind of back and forth between my mom and dad. Um, after my parents divorced, my dad's alcohol got, alcohol use got even more out of control. Um, he would, he was in a homeless shelter most of my, you know, younger, like elementary life. So going to see him would be like, um, would look like my mom dropped me off at the homeless shelter. We would take a bus to the mall to hang out together. Um, you know, he was in AA, so it was just a lot of seeing a lot of that stuff. Um, and then after my divorce, my, or after the divorce between my parents, my mom also started, um, dating lots of guys. So there was lots of guys coming in and out. Um, she would go out all the time. Um, and so it was just, um, unsettling, you know, unsettling for sure. And then, um, fast forward a few years, um, my dad, like I said, he was in AA, so he did get sober. Um, my mom still was going down a path of, you know, in and out of jail. Um, so I primarily stayed with my dad. Um, he's always been a believer. So he, um, he got sober. He started going to church, really turned his life around, um, and raised me basically on his own. Um, and so, um, so how old were you when that happened, when he got sober? I was in middle school. In middle school. Yeah. So middle school, I remember him being, um, sober and, you know, really making that evident change in his life. Um, 
and like I said, I didn't really see my mom too much. It was just me and my dad. Um, so I was, um, I did not do well in school. It's a lot of acting out. Um, and in middle school, I actually was huffing and I got really sick. And so I was, you know, I had to go to a, I think it's like an adolescent center basically. So I was there for a couple weeks. Um, and then after that is when I would say that I kind of got back on track, you know, mm-hmm. with life. Um, you know, so it was just me and my dad through high school. Um, in high school, I met Cadence's dad, Lynn, who had already graduated. He was in the military. Um, and at that time, I started going to my mom's because she would let me go and see Lynn and, you know, miss school. So I was missing a lot of school. I was staying with him. Um, My dad didn't know about any of this. Um, So then right before he was deployed to Afghanistan, I found out that I was pregnant with Cadence. So he was gone for like nine months. So the whole pregnancy, I was by myself. Um, My dad found a woman that he loved and he got engaged with her and moved out. I was on my own. He basically said, you need to figure out what you're going to do. And so that's when I... So at that point, were you still living with your mom? I was living with... I was going back and forth with my dad. So at this point, I was with my dad after I'd found out that I was pregnant. um, And he was like, you know, you've got to figure out what you're going to do because they were going to get a house together. And I was only 17 at the time. Um, I think I was getting ready to turn 18. Um, And so I got the job at the Carolina's Diner and got a one-bedroom apartment right across the street um, for me and Cadence. And so um, right after I got the apartment, um, my dad and his marriage, that they had gotten married. Um, and then something, something happened between them. They ended up not working out. Um, and so he had to move out. Um, and then that sent him into relapse. So he relapsed. Um, and then right around that time was when I met Zach. And... Um, he really just came in and saved the day. I mean, he came in and, you know, we got our own place. We, you know, started building a life together. Um, and then we, you know, there was a few years where we were, you know, dealing with alcohol, dealing with, you know, I mean, we were still very young um, ourselves. And, and you had an example of alcohol. Right. You know? I mean, so, that, that can continue on. Yeah, yeah, that was just a big part of my life. So that's something that I, at that time I didn't see a problem with. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were very much into like alcohol. We were smoking cigarettes. I mean, just all the worldly things that you could imagine. Um, and um, so his uncle actually came to Green Street. He worked the cameras here at Green Street. Um, and so he invited us to church. We came to church and at the time I was pregnant with my second child, Holly. Um, there was no alcohol during that time, but, um, I was pregnant with Holly whenever he invited us to come to church. And then after that, um, I think the church sends out people who come and talk to the people who have recently visited. Um, so we had a knock on the door and, um, there was two ladies from the church who basically was just like, you know, we seen that you had came and just wanted to see how you were and checking on us. And, you know, we didn't have any family in our life at that time. Um, besides Zach's grandmother, really, because my dad had relapsed. I didn't really have a relationship with my mom. Zach doesn't know his mom. Um, and so when they asked, you know, basically, like, how are you? It was just like, 
word vomit. I mean, we were just like, no one had asked us how we were. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so somebody to actually come for someone to support to just, you and to yeah. care. So about for someone you. to just come and just be like, how are you? you? We were yeah. like, wow, we're, we're actually not good. And so that, um, started a relationship between me and, um, the ladies that showed up that night. We were going out to eat. They were talking to me more. Um, and so since it was ladies, it was primarily just me and these ladies who had built this relationship and had gotten me interested in wanting to come back to church. Um, and so I started coming to church with the kids by myself. And Zach really just didn't see, um, I guess, a point at that time to really come every day. So he wasn't coming, mm-hmm. which started a really big, you know, um, it had difficulties in our relationship yeah. because of that. Um, and it did come to a point to where, you know, I had to tell Zach, like, we've we've got to get on board with this. You know, this is what we need to do. Um, and so he... Uh, a lot of praying went into yes. getting him here. A lot of praying. Yes. Um, people at church that were praying for him and knew our situation. Um, and he 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 did start to come. Um, my dad actually passed away, I think, like a couple of years after that, 2018. Um, and thankfully, we were in church. And that got us through that time. Um, but I actually was... Um, saved and baptized before Zach even started coming. So um, I made that decision and then was baptized in July of 2018. Um, So that was great. And then Zach started coming and um, he was baptized and resaved that following year in 2019. So um, ever since then, we have been um, coming to church. (laughs) You know, we realized that that's... You know, that's what was important. And um, getting our kids here was important and tried to realign our priorities for sure in life. Yes. Yeah. So, And you've really been realigning your priorities recently. Yeah. With, yeah. And we'll get into some of that. So one thing that you're trying to do now, I know, mm-hmm. is read your Bible every day. Yeah. Make sure that you're accountable to mm-hmm. other women. Yep. We're texting each day yes. <laughs> about what we're yes. reading, what we're learning, how mm-hmm. we can apply it to our life. Mm-hmm. So I know you have four children. Yeah. You're busy. Mm-hmm. You also watch a couple of kids in your home. Mm-hmm. So you have a very busy life yeah. with people that you're around all mm-hmm. the time. So what, you've told me some of this, but how do you make sure personally that you have time to spend with God each day? What do you do? Um, so uh, we get our kids to bed a- like right at eight o'clock and I really try to prioritize that time Mm -hmm. from about eight o'clock to 10 to make sure that I'm reading and um, getting that quiet time you know for me it's harder to get up in the morning so um, and I mean even even during the day I mean it might not be quiet time but I think as God puts the desire in your heart you're going to want that time yes regardless of whether it's quiet or whether yes. it's not quiet so my quiet time might may not be look, quiet <laughs> right it may not look quiet I mean it may be you know while the kids are playing by themselves and I can open my Bible and read a few verses but yes the desire in my heart now is there and so I, I try to read any I mean any time that I get the time to read so and basically the more you read the more you want to the read. The more you want to read. Yeah. Exactly. Because you're reading with a purpose. Yeah. You know, you understand why you're reading. Yeah. You can see the change that's being made in and your I, life. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people think that there's like a stigma of like, oh, well, I have to have this quiet time. It needs to be yes. in this office and this, and it, it, 
if God will put it in your heart to read Mm -hmm. and you'll crave it and it won't have to, it can look like anything. I mean, it can literally look like in your kitchen, in the bathroom, in your, I mean, it can look like anything. Don't make it fancy. Yes. It does not have to be perfect. Right. My perfect quiet time never happens. Even this morning, whenever I was having my quiet time, I got up and I was able to spend about 45 minutes quiet. Yeah. And then everybody was up and then we spent the next hour or so together where the little ones were listening to their Bible out loud while I'm trying to Mm -hmm. read my Bible and, you know, just, um, but still it was time with God and it's time pointing to him. And Mm -hmm. that's one thing that your kids are seeing you do. So how are you making an effort to disciple your kids now? Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, every day is learning yes. with the kids. I mean, we really are growing up. And they up. change. Yeah. We're kids growing change. up together mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I'm still young myself. I'm only 28. So I'm still figuring things out, but I really just try to lead by example at this point because I don't have all the answers. So, None of us do. Right. And I'm still learning, you know, I'm still reading my Bible. I'm still trying to get answers for myself. So the only thing that I can do right now is lead by example. And like I said, that's, that's making sure they see that we're at church, whether, whatever that looks like, whether we're frustrated on the way to church, whether we're here, this is important. This is something that we need to prioritize. And, you know, when they see me turning to the Bible in the middle of the day, you know, sometimes I, I like that they, they see me outside of my quiet time because they see that like, I'm turning to this for a reason. This is important. Mm -hmm. It's something that mommy needs so you know just like with the alcohol I've seen that so I demonstrated that in my life so my prayer would be that if they see that even in these stressful times I'm reading my bible that they're gonna say well you know we need to try that like mommy turned to this during this time so we need to try this that that would be you know obviously the goal so I feel like I disciple my kids by leading by example yeah and that's and kids are going to naturally imitate their their parents they just are and so you're making those decisions yeah. to make sure. And as you're learning, you're able yeah. to share the with them. The best thing I can do for them is to demonstrate for them. Yes. And to have to that walk with God yourself. Yeah. If you don't have that walk with God yourself and you're not learning, how are you going to be teaching them? Yeah. You I know? don't want to just tell them what they should be doing. You yeah. know, just yeah. try to do You want to lead by. Yeah. But how you want to live a life that they can imitate. So that's awesome. Right. And I know that you've read my book, Training mm-hmm. Them Wisely. So what are some ways that you have been able to... How has that helped you? Yeah, yeah. So I think making sure that what we're doing has the eternal value that I think that stuck out to me the most. Making sure that we're being intentional with our time, and um, you know, I think we've talked before about how, like, if you really think about what you're doing with your time, yeah, you know, in just in a day, um, how much about of that, that this morning? <laughs> yeah, how much of that time is actually, you know centered on yourself and not, you know, Mm self-serving. So I've I've really been trying to be intentional with like, is what I'm doing, does it have the eternal value? Mm -hmm. Because that's what we should be living for is the, you know, is what we're doing, you know, eternal. So, yeah. Yes, very much so. Just to evaluate your time. So we were talking about this morning in our discipleship group um, that we were doing before this. Have you ever written down the amount of time Mm -hmm. that you spend on stuff so that you can see? Because a time is a gift that God's given us, and we're to be good stewards of our time. So how are we spending our time, you know? Um, 
Is it self-serving? Is it loving others? Is it doing what he wants us to do? Is it spending time with him? Do we care about him enough to spend time with him? Do we care about his word enough that he's given us? We were talking about that this morning as well, just the gift that we have of the scripture. The fact that on this side of the cross where God has revealed so much about Mm -hmm. himself and then sent God down in flesh through Jesus to show us what he's like. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know, can know so much more about God than... And how much we take having the Bible for granted. Yes. Having that ready and available and just choosing not to. Yes. Yes. And we have our Holy Spirit that can counsel us as we're reading it. Mm -hmm. And the difference with the way that you're reading the Bible now is that you're applying it to your life. You know, you can read the Bible and not be changed if you are just not thinking about what you're reading and you're not making changes in your life. I think when you're told, like, this is what you should do, then, you know, versus um, getting to a point to where you realize, like, this is what you need, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, your soul needs this. And when you get to that point, the Bible is different. Mm -hmm. Reading the Bible is different. It is. And you're going to get that urge and want to read it. That desire to know God more that you have that's just burning in you, and that's what's been making you... Mm Oh yeah, I just I, mean, I want to know it all. Yeah, I and you're know not. It all. Yes, and you're not having to force yourself mm-hmm. to have a quiet time. Not at all. You know, at first, whenever you did it, it mm-hmm. was diligence. You know, you it's had to choose change. to do it. it but really then, is. yeah, and then your heart changes, mm-hmm. and that desire, because God yeah. just keeps drawing you to Him, where you just want to spend more and more time yeah. with Him, and that's the way we should be, right? Because our love yeah. for Him, and, and it's so, the way He yeah, wants us you, to if be. If you feel like you're, it's a chore, then I think that you should examine your heart. Yeah. Because I don't think that your heart's in the right place. Because if your heart's in the right place. It won't be a chore. It'll be like, I'm so excited. I need to read this. Yes. That's how I get up in the morning. I'm a morning person. Now, I did have a night quiet time for a while after Johnny Mm -hmm. for about a year because he would wake up anytime that I was awake and he'd wake up for the day and there was just no. So that was my first time having a quiet time at night. But I did. I learned from that how much I enjoyed a night Mm -hmm. quiet, like concentrating on God before I went to bed. Yeah, it did. It made a big difference because I'd always had my quiet time in the morning. I'd prayed, you know, throughout the day, but something yeah. about just surrounding your day with it. Cause I still had a mm-hmm. little quiet time in the morning. It was just very different. So for me, that's one habit that I've tried to keep up is to have time with God before I go to bed as well, yeah. because it's just something about waking up the next day. Yep. Where the last thing that you yep. were thinking about yep. was him. Exactly. And not just our prayer time, you know, that whenever Eric and I pray, but just also like to have that time with him. So throughout your life, Mm because you've had a different life than some, um, what is one lesson that you have learned that you would like to pass on to others that might be, I mean, it could be a single mom. It could be someone that wasn't raised in the church. It could be, you know, just So I've actually developed um, a motto for my life, something that I've just, has always been brought back to my mind. And every time I'm in a hard situation, I tell myself, you can do hard things. So to someone who's in my situation, um, you know, it's, it's almost like you feel like, well, this is how my family was. This is how I will be. Um, you are your own person, Mm -hmm. you know, and you make your own choices, you make your own choices and you can do hard things. And because you've got God's strength to help you do it. And, um, it's even more of a testimony when you come from this and you get to where God wants you to be. Yeah. The testimony is even bigger and God uses people like us, you know, mm-hmm. to 
um, give an example of what God can do. Um, and so I would say you can do hard things and you you're going to get to the other side. And, um, and you can be used mightily by God. You know, every single person can be used by God. God did not use perfect people because none of exactly. us are perfect. Yeah. You know, and so I think that the, the hard thing for people that don't grow up in the church, just for my own husband, was the lack of knowledge that he felt like he had at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard for Yeah, him. that can be very intimidating because you feel like you don't know anything. And, um, yeah, that's, it's hard. You feel like you're judged and, um, you know, it's just, it's not how God works. Mm-hmm. I mean, he loves the least. He does. The least, so, he does. Um, and you can start from a certain point yeah. and then you can move forward yeah. from there. Yeah. Yeah. And so also, um, let's see, what encouragement... <laughs> Then do you have for people that have not been raised by Christian parents that don't have, how can you encourage them? Like what, how can they start if they're feeling, cause I think they can feel so overwhelmed Yeah. sometimes at the lack of what yeah. they know they feel like. But the fact is too, that I was raised in the church and whenever I read the Bible, I learn more and more yeah, every time. Yeah. Whenever I read that same chapter for a hundred times in a row, whenever I was preparing to speak, I learned on time 99 and time 100 mm-hmm. new things that I had never seen before. So all of us yeah. have so much to learn, but I think it's just more of a. I think that it starts, you know, don't, I mean, you can, but for me, it didn't start with just opening my Bible and learning everything. Okay. So I feel like God works through people mm-hmm. and through relationships. Yes. And so if it wasn't for, I think that you need to find a church. I think that you should get involved mm-hmm. and make relationships because, you know, the love that the church shown me brought me to Christ. Yes. And if it wasn't for people loving me well, loving me like Jesus demonstrates in the Bible for us to love. Loving you where you were. Yeah. Yeah. It took this lady knowing everything ugly about me and still saying, Jesus loves you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, like he, he loves me even though I'm like this. And yeah, he does. And so her love and the relationships that I've had here at Green Street keep me coming back. You know, people who love you and, um, you cannot do it without relationships. You know, you've got to have a relationship for the accountability, for the love, for, you know, someone other than God to say, Hey, look, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm dealing with. Like I'm not perfect. And, um, I know for me, you know, like I said, I don't have any, and we don't have family. So this church has really been our family and they've met our needs and, and that's what churches are supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, they have met our needs in multiple, multiple situations. Um, they love my children. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would say find build relationships first and foremost. Find a church and build relationships. And at this point in your life, now that you've been coming to church mm-hmm. and you've learned things, you mentioned the word accountability. Yeah. So what does just... Just, I know what accountability looks like for you, but just describe what, for you, accountability yeah. So I think like. that Satan would love nothing more than to tell me that I'm too busy. Um, I have too much going on. The kids, you know, they like Sunday morning is the, their favorite morning to, you know, be sick, be cranky, you know, all those <laughs> things. Um, and so having the accountability of someone expecting me to be here, mm-hmm. you know, I serve in the nursery. So having the accountability, and I did that on purpose so that, 
it's a form of accountability. I, you know, these people are expecting yeah. me to be here. You have friends. Again, that goes back to the relationships. You have a relationship with someone who's expecting you to be at this Bible study. Mm-hmm. And um, you've got to have that accountability because Satan will use your your mind and tell you you don't need to go. And it's not that important. And then it won't become important, you know. Um, and when you have someone's accountability, they're going to be like, hey, like, we miss you. You know, where were you? And, you know, are you reading? And it's just... It goes back to that relationship. It's so important. Yeah. Yeah. And just texting daily. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're able to, <laughs> to know if yeah. there's, if something's going on with people's yeah. lives and they're not able to, to get into God's mm-hmm. word. And even if you are sick and have something, when you've got a group like what we are with the able to text, you know, I can yeah. still read over what other people yeah. have gotten and be encouraged in some way. Yeah. And that's the other, you know, just um, as you're accountable to others and as you're reading God's word, you're able to pour so much into them and mm-hmm. encourage them through scripture. As yeah, and that it. should be the goal, right? Like mm-hmm. to get to a point to where you can do for someone else what someone has done for me. Yeah. So I think that there's a time where you learn and there's a time where you should get to a point to where you can pour into someone else. I agree and 100%. Yes. Yeah. That's the, that's the goal for me. All right. And then last question I want to ask mm-hmm. you, what's your favorite verse? Yeah. Uh, this, you know, we've been going over Corinthians. Yes. So it, it comes from Corinthians, Second Corinthians, and it's eight through twelve. So I'm going to read it really quick. Okay. Second um, Corinthians four eight through twelve. We are pressed on every side, but by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus, so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. So I just like that just kind of goes back to like, life may not always be this picture of what people think, you know, like in my situation, my life has been really hard, but Mm -hmm. that has made my love for the Lord so prominent in my life. Because when that's all you have is God and your relationship with God, it's, I mean, it's no more, no less important than someone who has been raised in the church, but it just gives a, you know, step up to be like, wow, like the Lord is so good and you have something else to look forward to like this is not your your home this life has never been promised to be easy jesus's life was not easy um but thankfully we have something to look forward to and so that verse just really sums up like you can do hard things but Mm -hmm. like jesus has overcome the world so yes it's not you know that's not your it's not the end of the story for us so I love that. And that's so true because whenever we have trials, I feel like that pressing mm-hmm. and those sufferings that we have, they do make us, you know, we have a choice. We can lean yeah. into God yeah. and he can support us. He can be our strength and he can help us through it. Yeah. And looking back on my life, those hard times I've been through have been the times of the most growth. Yeah. And God does not promise that we're going to have this per- sure perfect life mm-hmm. like some American, yeah. put in quotes, gospel says. Yeah. You know, it's not always perfect, but those times that it's not and those times we're able to spend time with God are also when we can really mm-hmm. and truly be be growing through Him. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Taylor, for talking to us. I You're really welcome. appreciate it.